Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Welcome to Exploring Missions. Connecting mission needs with those equipped by God to meet those needs across the world or across town. And now the host of Exploring Missions, Bert Harper. I pastored for many years and the number of excuses that I heard for not doing certain things, I I don't think I could put them on one or two sheets. I think they'd nearly spread into a book. But, you know, we're good at why I can't, why I should not, and... uh, Nothing's new under the sun. Uh, It was true in the Old Testament. It was true in the New Testament. When it comes to being on mission for God, we're we're just not up to the task. So today we want to talk about that and hopefully debunk those excuses and say, listen, if God desires, God will provide. He really will. It may take work on your part, faith on your part, but God can do it. Matter of fact, Devin Patrick, who is our producer and board op for Exploring Missions, remind us reminded me of an old, old gospel song, Excuses. And uh, it, I remember it. I've forgotten it for a while until he shared that with me. But they come to us every day. So we hope that today that you won't have an excuse for doing what God wants you to do. Nathan, I want to just tell you, uh, before God called me, into ministry of teaching and preaching, I told him I stuttered, I stammered, I stopped, I I slaughtered the King's English. You think it's bad now? You hadn't heard anything, and uh, before Jan, my wife helped me to know uh, you don't say certain things in certain ways, and uh, and then I stuttered, I stammered, I was shy, I was backward, but God, uh, isn't that the case? But God. He, he made us so he can use us where he wants us, can he? That's right. 100% of the time, he can he can take us as we are and change us and make us into something usable and for his glory. But a little on the lighter note, I, I thought of another story about excuses. So did you hear about the husband who wouldn't get out of bed on a Sunday morning and his wife uh, was you know trying to get ready for, for church and... And she was saying, "You got to get up. You you got you got to come to church." And he said, uh, "I'm I'm I don't want to. I don't feel good. I don't want to get out of bed today. I don't want to go to church." And she's like, "You you've got to do it. You you got to get up out of bed and get ready for church and go to church." But but the people there, they just don't like me. It's it's not fun. I just I don't enjoy myself. I I, I don't want to go today. And she said, "Well." You need to go, but let me give you one good reason. He said, yeah, give me one good reason I need to get out of bed and get ready to go to church. And she said, because you're the preacher. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so that's a bad... No, hey, listen, been there, done that, and uh, (laughs) most of the time I'm ready, but on a few occasions there's been, oh, me, Lord, you mean I've got to go do this? Matter of fact, we had some reluctant prophets, haven't we, Nathan, in the Old Testament? Absolutely. There's there's, uh, lots of stories of that. 
one of the most reluctant, would you say, was Jonah? Yeah, I think he was he was a little bitter and angry and uh, reluctant, probably fearful. You could fill in the blank with all the <laughs> non-qualifications of, of this prophet uh, named Jonah. And when you hear that, I, you know, you're just talking about they don't like me. We could say about Jonah, he didn't like the people God was sending him to. Uh, he didn't want them to be redeemed. He wanted them to the, you know, pay the full price of God's judgment. So, But listen, we're on mission for God. If you've been saved, you've been bought with a price. Therefore, you're to glorify God in your bodies. And the way you do that is through obedience to him and doing what he asks you to do. Well, Nathan, in the New Testament, Jesus also shared some excuses that people give, didn't he? Yeah, the, uh, the disciples were traveling along with Jesus, and they ran into a few people who offered excuses about why they wouldn't follow Jesus. It's uh, in Luke chapter 9, and it's just a few verses, 57 through 62. It says, As they were traveling on the road, someone said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus told him, Foxes have dens and birds of the sky have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Then he said to another, Follow me. Lord, he said, First let me go bury my father. But he told him, Let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and spread the news of the kingdom of God. Another also said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go and say goodbye to those at my house. But Jesus said to him, No one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of God. When you hear that, and you hear the excuses they had, they were all, uh, one or two sounded legitimate. Most of them sound like just real excuses. But listen, are you ready? There's some trucks. I do not know what truck line it is, but when I get behind that 18-wheeler and I see that on their back of their uh, truck, the carrier, it says anywhere, anytime, and any, uh, anywhere, anytime, and anything. In other words, they haul anywhere, everywhere. Every time I see that, I ask my I ask myself the question, Lord, am I really to get ready to go any place you'd have me to go? Am I ready to do anything you'd have me to do? And and so Nathan, Jonah, he he just wasn't a ready disciple to follow the Lord, was he? He was probably ready to uh, pronounce judgment, um, <laughs> which is part of the role of a prophet, right? Some of God's messages to His people were warnings of judgment, even proclamations that, hey, judgment is coming uh, because of your sinfulness and rebellion. He may have been eager for that type of work, uh, maybe less eager for a message of redemption for a people that were seen as an enemy, political enemy, ethnic en enemy, people that are really Gentiles, right, foreigners, what, fill in the blank, whatever those other people. I don't think he liked them too much and probably didn't like the fact that God called him to go to those people with the message of of redemption and of uh, of hope. You know, Elton Trueblood said this, and I want to quote this. It's a pretty lengthy statement, but it has something to do with what we're talking about. Elton Trueblood said this, the company of Jesus is not people streaming to a shrine, and it is not people making up an audience for a speaker. 
It is laborers engaged in the harvesting task of reaching their perplexed and seeking brethren with something so vital that if it is received, it will change their lives. Nathan, and I'm guilty of this sometimes, I think, well, going to church, and for me it's usually preaching, or if it's someone else, going and sitting and singing and giving the offering and sitting and listening, man, I've done God's work today. But I I love what Elton Trueblood says. It's not people making up an audience but it's laborers engaged in the harvesting task. We're coming up on football season. It's coming up. Do you know anybody that goes to a football game, and when they're through watching the football game, they talk about the huddle? (laughs) No, I've not not heard that before. We were talking about football before we started, uh, you know, (laughs) recording, and you know, oh man, they're. Did you see how they huddled? That was a great huddle. (laughs) That was a great huddle. is church, going to church and being a part, I think it's more than a huddle, but at the same time, the labor is out in the fields, is it not? Yeah, absolutely. And again, not trying to make too light, but I'm thinking of the Kansas City Chiefs and some of the plays they run from their huddle as they spin around and around. Have you seen that? <laughs> yeah, I saw that. That might be yeah. like some some denominations of, <laughs> of churches they like to spin around no um no you're absolutely right it's about it's about the work it's a it's a harvest force is what the church is okay and again two or three things before we get to the specifics of Jonah Jesus says come unto me and then he says go into the world hmm. you know yeah we, we must have something to share with the world wasn't it? Yes, it was John Wesley that came to America from England, and he came to share the gospel. But when he got here, he said, oh, I've come, but who will help me? Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yep. putting it in vernacular. Yep. He was the one that was lacking. He, he was, you got to have something to give, and you get it by receiving it from Jesus Christ. Yes. But when Jesus Christ comes into your life, he has given you everything. He has equipped you with everything you need to go into and share the good news. Now, again, it may need to be developed. It may need to be harnessed, and, and it may need to be hooked up with someone, like Jesus sent them out two by two. But he has given us what we need in order to carry out the Great Commission. Yeah, absolutely, and that doesn't mean there won't be difficulty or it definitely doesn't mean it comes easy. Jesus said it wouldn't. He said you would have difficulty, and there will be trial and error, and there will be failure. And here's the thing. The whole aspect of coming unto Jesus and following Jesus, he's with you when, when he sends you out. He's still with you. And so when you're hurt, when, you're, uh, when you fail, when you need comforting, he's right there to offer that. But he's going to send you back out onto the playing field right up. Uh, line up at the line of scrimmage again for the next play. Okay. Amen. Well, let's get to Jonah. God said, go to Nineveh, and and Jonah said, no, send somebody else, basically. And so God tells him to go, and in verse 10, uh, notice he's already made his way, and there's a storm coming up in verse 9 and 10 of Jonah chapter 1, and he said to the, the sailors, I am a Hebrew, and I fear the Lord the God of heaven, 
who made the sea and the dry land. Then the men were exceedingly afraid and said to him, Why have you done this? For the men knew that he fled from the presence of the Lord because he had told them. Does that grab you fleeing from the presence of the Lord? Hmm. Nathan, I mean, you know, being in in his presence, and he said, I'll go with you. I'll be with you. And here is Jonah trying to get away from God because God had asked him to do something that he really didn't want to do. Yeah, I mean, that's a futile enterprise trying to flee from God's presence, first of all. But also it's a rebellious attitude, right? Um, Not wanting to do what God has called you to do. If, If, you know, Jonah had a specific task given him, he couldn't deny that. So he just didn't do it. He went the opposite direction. You can make excuses about it, but it comes down to disobedience, right? It does. And so his, his attitude, not me, let someone else do it. And, you know, for centuries, uh, man, uh, f- since Jesus Christ, God's asked him to do some great things. And those men and women that did these great things, they're our heroes very much. But what we've done, and, and I think this is a detriment, I'm not a full-time minister. I'm not part of what, quote, the clergy I'm just a layman. <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you think Nathan? Do you Nathan? Do you think that God separates the no. two groups into to clergy and laity? Yeah, He doesn't like. Okay, you are this, so you're on the hook, and you're off the hook because you call yourself this. If you call yourself a Christian, if you're a follower of Jesus, we're all responsible. <laughs> we might have different roles and functions within the body, within the church. But we're all to serve, and we're all to uh, obey what God has given us to do. In other words, those of you who are listening today, you're part of the mission team. There may be a a mission committee that uh, looks at missions about what your church should be about and where they're going to spend their resources and their time. That's great. We would recommend that. We really would to have a, a mission team that looks at that. But I just want to tell you, in honesty— if you're a member of the church, you should be on the mission team. Yeah. Um, I've, I've heard of an actual church um, who printed up a business card for every church member once they became a member of the church. And they had their name. They had the church logo on there and information about the church. They had their that person's name printed on the business card. And their title underneath their name was missionary. And every every member of the church received one of those business cards. And it made the point, right, that we are spiritually, like theologically, we are all, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been born again, you are a part of the priesthood of all believers. You are a, a priest. You stand between God and this world, and you have a mission field, and you have a mission task, and you're a part of a mission team. And to deny that is to misunderstand really what the Bible says. Yeah. Uh, I think folks say, man, I didn't sign up for this. Well, the Bible says we're bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in our bodies. So we're to be on mission for him. Uh, Urgency is important. I don't think that Jonah saw the urgency of doing this. God knows what's going on where he's sending us. God knows what's going on in our lives. God knows what's laid between. I can't help but think of 
Jesus when he told the disciples to get into the boat and go to the other side. And uh, they were just going to go to the other side, but Jesus knew what was waiting on them in the middle of their journey, and it was a storm. God knows the obstacles that we will face. So if he asks us to go, I think he gives us what we need to overcome the obstacles to meet the urgency of that need. So a life insurance salesman, and I used this illustration a few years ago, and I still remember it. Uh, He was talking to a customer about an insurance policy. And when the insurance salesman finished his presentation, uh, he said to the guy who was listening, I believe this is important, but I don't want you to feel forced into doing it. Go home, sleep on it tonight, and if you wake up in the morning, give me a call. (laughs) If you wake up in the morning. The sin of presumption really is dangerous. The book of James talks about that, not to think about what you're going to do on tomorrow because no one knows what a day may bring. So many of God's commands to us to be on mission for him, they're more urgency. there's more urgency than we think there are. Yeah, the moment will never get any more urgent than the moment you're in right now. I mean, it, we're in an urgent time. And it's urgent for the church to quit making those excuses and get on board with what God is doing and called called the church to do. You know, I think Jonah in this in this story in this situation, maybe he he did misjudge that urgency of God's call to him. He realized it real quickly when that storm came up, right? Yes. And he's like, "Yeah, this is this is on me. <laughs> I misjudged this urgency. I thought I could get away from God. I thought I could run from." The call and the task that he's put in front of me, he real quickly realized that's not possible. God's taking this seriously. Really, urgency, like when we understand the urgency, is really us understanding God takes this serious. And we're starting to pick up on that and, and say, okay, we're, we're going to take this serious too. So on this program today, we're, we're asking you to examine Uh, what God's placed before you and see it as serious, see it as urgency, and it's you that he's speaking to. Nathan, I I did this once or twice, not all the time, but I'd have, when I was pastor, and I'd have people come up to me and they'd say, well, have you thought about this ministry and don't you think we need to do this? And on a couple occasions, I said, God hadn't spoken to me about it, so he's spoken to you about it, so it may be you that needs to be a part of it, of, of kicking it off and starting it and see. And and so God really does speak that way because death is real, eternity is real, and so the urgency of the day, today is the day of salvation. And those on mission for God needs to under that, understand that as much as the people that God sends us to, don't we? We need to know that. Yeah, absolutely. It's really being faced with eternity, right? Getting that perspective and understanding the seriousness of that, whether it's the seriousness of our sin that separates us from God, the reality of death and judgment and being being ready for that. And, um, you know, we have an urgent call uh, to go share the good news of, with people before it's too late for them. And when they hear that good news, they realize, okay, it, they're kind of like the person on the other end of that insurance uh, <laughs> sales pitch, right? Yeah, so, yeah, right. if I wake up, I might not wake up. We're not promised tomorrow. That's right. And and let me share with you, 
God would not have asked Jonah to go to Nineveh and to preach to them if he had not prepared him and got him ready. And that brings up the idea of training. Many times we don't feel equipped to do what maybe others are asking us to do. And I I understand that. I've heard it said, a call to preach, quote, is a call to prepare. Well, I I think we're called to be prepared. You know, Jesus, uh, he called his disciples and he said, I will make you fishers of men. He didn't say, you're already fishers of men. He said, I will make you fishers of men. Yeah, like paraphrase, I'll turn you into. Yes, that's it. And so what what a church needs to do, a small group needs to do, is to be a part of that training or that preparation. A pastor that's preaching each Sunday, uh, I challenge those that are listening to prepare your people to hear God's call and to do what they've asked them to do, and even in a small group to do that. And Jonah was ready, but he didn't want to. He is more, I would say, as more than a reluctant prophet. He was a rebellious prophet going in a whole different way. But God, listen, I, I, I'm not sure God does that for everybody when they decide to go a different way, but they, he gets thrown off the ship, and he, God has a great fish and the word is prepared for him. And he spends three days and three nights in the belly of the fish. I don't know exactly what <laughs> took place down there. People say, what do you think? I have no earthly idea. He probably I, had a lot of time to think. That's the whole <laughs> idea that I that I thought of. And so God got him to where he needed to go. And, yeah, sometimes... I think God calls your hand on some things. He, yeah. he called Jonah's hand on this, didn't he? Yeah. Maybe Jonah would be thankful for that at, at the end. I'm not sure. We, we're not left. You know, the way Jonah ends, you're kind of left <laughs> hanging a little bit. But And I think that's on purpose for us to examine our lives after we hear that story. But God, again, going back to the seriousness of that call and the urgency, God wanted those in Nineveh to hear the message. And he wanted to use Jonah in that, specifically Jonah. Um, no one else would do for God. Yeah. God wanted Jonah. And so he got his man, but Jonah made it harder on himself than it probably had to be. It really does. That, that really, I, I want to say that a minute, Nathan. God could have called another prophet. No, I want you. Do you think there's some people that are waiting to hear from, and and I, I know I'm talking about you, but I'm talking about you generically right now. Do you think there's some people waiting on a certain people to say a word to them? Hmm. That's powerful when you think, and it might be you, and the urgency of the hour is really, and God has has given that to us, and we're ready for it. Now, the other thing, response, Jonah didn't really want the Ninevites to be saved. He wanted them to be destroyed. And when you read the extracurricular about the Ninevites during that period of time, uh, I can kind of see his his position. I'm, I'm going to bring it up to date in the years that we live in right now. When I look at certain groups of people and what they're promoting and what they're doing, I say, God, don't you think it's time to take them out? Mm. Okay. 
Uh, that's that's horrible for me to say here, but sometimes you're 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 come to that's that. A, point. That's a common thought, I would say. It really is. And so here is God saying, "No, Jonah, these are are people that need to hear. They need to know. They need to hear a word from you." So we need to go regardless of what our let me say our preconceived ideas are concerning them. Mm-hmm. God may send you into a place where you're uncomfortable and and not fulfill, but God wants you there. You're the person that he wants to teach that class. You're the one that needs to go on that mission trip. You're the one that needs to say, yes, I, God, you're calling me to a certain place. So here's Jonah giving all the excuses, even beyond excuses, going in a whole different direction. But God was determined to work with him long term, wasn't he? That's right. And just going back a, a a quick second, one of the excuses that we mentioned was lack of training or saying, hey, I'm not ready or prepared. Many times God will train you and prepare you and equip you on the job. It's like on the job training is where most of that comes from. So you'll never feel 100% prepared to go and do. You can do some things to prepare yourself to a degree. Uh, but m- the f- the final result will happen on the field or in the work as you're learning as you go. But being f- fearful of the response to this city of, of Nineveh, uh, you know, they were known as a fierce people. And so we might be faced with some fierceness in what we're called to do. We might be, uh, yeah, our gut reaction might be a fearful reaction to what God is calling us to do. Like Jonah saw the Ninevites, I know some people see like teaching a middle school boys Sunday school class or small group. Oh, they're fierce. You know, that's, <laughs> I don't want to go in there or I don't want to go talk to that person or I don't want to move to this location or fill in the blank again. And so, but it's disobedience. It is. Yes. If we let that excuse, now those thoughts might come and those feelings might come, but if it leads to a rebellious action like Jonah's, we don't want to be found in that disobedience. Excuses, we hear them every day. I I don't think they'll stand up in light of eternity if God has saved you and you're serving him. Uh, Nathan, thank you for sharing this with us today. And we want to be a ministry that knocks down the excuses the way Jesus did. Make sure you're on mission for God as you serve him. Make sure that you hear from him and you obey him anywhere, anytime, and anything he wants you to do. Lord, here am I. Send me. Thank you for listening to Exploring Missions. Mm -hmm.